Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Elemental Evan podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, I am super appreciative to have you all here and to share some health and wellness knowledge with all of you. Today, I actually have a little bit of a bone to pick, and that is with breakfast. And probably more specifically, the standard American breakfast, I would say, although a lot of other countries are starting to adopt or have adopted similar types of breakfast. What kind of breakfast am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about the move from a protein-rich breakfast to a breakfast that is literally more than 50% sugar by body weight, or not really body weight, but weight of the food that you're eating, and that is cereal, (laughs) right? Uh, And it's not actually just cereal. I mean, there are so many food items out there that we consider breakfast foods that are really pretty much dessert, (laughs) I guess would be the best way to say it. Uh, You know, we look at things like cereal and donuts, and Pop-Tarts, and cinnamon rolls. I mean, these are super tasty. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. They are really, really yummy. Uh, But they're very, very high in sugar, and obviously carbohydrates as well. And really, I don't know where this shift took place. Um, Maybe it was back around the time of the invention of, of, sorry, not sugar, but rather uh, cereal, which... For those of you who do not know the history, it is a little bit too long for me to fit into this episode, but to just break it down, um, I believe it was the founder of Kellogg's, I want to say. Uh, The founder was an absolute weirdo who pretty much believed that our sex drives and libido were just way too high, and that's the devil, and we needed to lower that, so we needed to eat bland food that would lower our sex drives and thus make us not as sinful, something along those lines. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll save that for another episode, but still, I, this is probably where we moved from a protein-rich diet, or sorry, not even protein uh, diet, but rather breakfast Uh, to a very sugary breakfast. Because if you look at really, you know, old school movies or even just literally other countries and you compare their breakfast to the, once again, I'll put in like air quotations, uh, the standard American breakfast because obviously not everyone eats the same thing. Uh, But definitely for myself growing up, um, there was a fair amount of of, uh, cereal as well as, like I said, Pop-Tarts for breakfast, Um, you know, and every now and again as well, I did have a more uh, protein-rich style breakfast with like eggs and um, maybe like an English muffin or something along those lines, but cereal was not out of the question. Now, if you are a parent who gives your kids cereal, this is not me shaming you in any way. This is me simply providing some advice as well as information because truly information is power. And so my goal is to just provide you with the information and then you can choose to make that educated decision moving forward. Uh, like I said, not here to shame anyone because personally, I ate this as a kid. I literally went through all of this and through my health and wellness journey, I have you know, found what works best for myself and what seems to work best for a gen, uh, general amount of the population. So just providing that knowledge to all of you, uh, no shame. But if this sounds like you and you would like to change, then I'm happy to be empowering you with this information. So 
there was a a little bit of an article put out by the Environmental Wellness Group, which they're an awesome group. They actually put out a list every single year called the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15, which tells you which fruits and vegetables are most heavily sprayed with pesticides and the ones that are the cleanest. So for those of you on a budget, uh, you can make educated decisions when you purchase fruits and vegetables that don't always have to be organic. Uh, but they also did a article on cereal and pretty much just the pretty much the sheer amount of sugar contained in cereal so let me just go ahead and blow your guys's mind really quickly uh on the top of the list here we have for national brands we have kellogg's honey schmacks no just playing honey smacks um kellogg's honey schmacks coming in at 56 percent sugar by weight <laughs> literally over half that cereal box is sugar. Now that comes in at 15 grams of sugar per labeled serving. And the recommended daily amount of sugar intake for children, it would make up 50% of their recommended daily sugar intake. So just one serving of Kellogg's Honey Schmacks is going to give you 50% of the amount of sugar that your child should be eating in one single day. And that's just a serving, because I'll be honest with you, I was not just eating one serving of cereal in the morning. I was having like two. And then, you know, you always got that friend or cousin, or maybe it's you, that adds a little bit of extra sugar on top. Uh, oh, God, man. I think back on some of these times and kind of blows my mind a little bit, but that is truly just showing the resilience of the body here. Um, but anyways, coming back to the cereal. So Kellogg's Honey Schmacks. 15 grams of sugar per serving, 56% sugar by weight. And let me tell you, it gets even crazier. So there is a store brand, I'm guessing this is a local store brand, called Lieber's Cocoa Frosted Flakes. Coming in at 88% sugar by body weight. Sorry, not body weight, by weight. 88% <laughs> sugar. And that is going to be 50 grams of sugar per label per labeled serving, which is actually 167% the recommended daily sugar intake for children. So just one serving of that cereal would put a normal child way over the top in terms of sugar. Now, I just like to talk about this because I think it's very interesting that we have normalized this and, uh, you know, this is not a weird thing. You know, I, I know people who give their kids cereal today, you know, uh, for breakfast. It's like the first thing and uh, that they give their kids. You know, it's simple. It's easy. Throw a little bit of milk in there. You know, it's shelf stable. Like, I totally understand why we would go to cereal. It's a very easy thing to make, especially for super busy parents, like absolutely 100% makes sense. Plus it tastes really, really yummy, like of course, right? But I've even seen people who literally went and grabbed a piece of pizza from last night's dinner and they started eating it for breakfast. It was a friend of mine. And the parent said, what are you doing? Like put that down. You need to eat something that's gonna be nutritious and kind of support you throughout the day. Go get yourself a bowl of cereal, right? Get yourself some whole wheats in there. Well, honestly, <laughs> they probably would have been better just having the pizza, uh, the slice of pizza, uh, especially looking at these stats. So it's really wild. And I think this is a topic that 
is very important because, you know, realistically here on this show, I, you know, my main goal is to really just provide you with easy health practices, right? Things that you can just implement into your life today. And maybe for many of you listening to the show, this is not something that you're doing. You might already be on the game where you're having, you know, heavy protein for breakfast, or I don't know, maybe you're fasting for breakfast, whatever it may be. And that's awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. But for the group of people who just don't understand the impact of the harmless or seemingly harmless bowl of cereal, you know, it's very important for us to bring some light to this. Now, I'm also going to speak a little bit as to why protein is so important, not only to have with your first meal of the day, but also throughout the day with each of your meals. So since this show is about providing health knowledge to everyone, um, I am going to go ahead and break down a little bit what protein is just very quickly, just in case you're someone who is new to the show, or maybe you're just new to health and wellness in general. Maybe this is the first health and wellness podcast that you're listening to. So I'm going to go ahead and just quickly break down what protein is. For those of you who know what it is, don't worry. I'll be through this very quickly. So protein is an essential macronutrient. For those of you who don't know, there is micro and macronutrients. Uh, protein is a macronutrient along with fat and carbohydrates. Okay. So it is absolutely essential. Um, it is found in uh, all parts of your body, actually. I know a lot of people think that protein is just specifically for our muscles, which it does absolutely play a very crucial role in our muscles and our muscle growth and repair. But it also plays a role in things like our bone, our skin, our hair, our nails, and realistically, like every other part or tissue of our body. Um, protein is absolutely required for the structure, function, and regulation of the body's tissues and organs. And protein is made up of 20 different building blocks known as amino acids, which you've very likely heard about. Uh, there are nine essential amino acids in that group of 20. And the reason those are called essential amino acids is because we cannot make those in our bodies. We have to receive them through outside sources, which come in the form of food. So the only way we can get the nine essential amino acids is through the food that we eat. So when you eat a protein, and if it is considered an incomplete protein, it's because it lacks one or more of the essential, uh, essential, sorry, essential amino acids. And if it is a complete protein, then it has all of the nine essential amino acids and very likely, obviously, more uh, amino acids as well. You've probably seen drinks or even supplements at the store that might be called BCAA or branched branched chain amino acids or EAA, uh, essential amino acids. Those are literally the building blocks basically of protein. And you'll see a lot of people who work out, uh, they'll typically be the ones who consume those, although they do pose benefit to most people if you are ever, if you are ever curious in trying those. So that's basically what protein is, right? It's a macronutrient. It's essential for our body. It does way more than just building muscle. But on that note, it is very, very good for building muscle. <laughs> so to kind of explain that a little bit, uh, protein is responsible for the repair and maintenance of muscle tissue. So when you work out, um, when you're yeah in the gym, lifting heavy weight, you are actually doing more damage to your body. So when you go to the gym, it's a stressor, right? It's damaging the muscles. It is actually, you know, kind of ripping and tearing them slightly, breaking them down. And then you need to 
repair those muscles, right? And the way in which you would do that is actually through not just protein, but also sleep. So when you go work out, you repair your muscles when you sleep. That is when you gain the benefit of the workout is when you go to bed. That's the moment in which your body is able to repair its muscles and put the protein to work, right? And really help to repair uh, those muscle fibers that you have torn. And so it's actually really interesting to see uh, how the body responds to a stressor that's placed upon it, right? So I actually like to think of lifting heavy weights as a stressor. It is literally putting stress on your body, on your central nervous system as well. And your body is responding to the lifting of these heavy weights, right? When you're ripping or having small tears in your muscle fibers, that is letting your body know that you are being demanded to lift something heavy. And so your body now understands that it needs to repair itself during sleep with the protein and be able to come back, not just, you know, back to even, but actually even a little bit stronger, right? Like our body wants to overcompensate a little bit so that when you lift that same weight again the following day, you'll be able to lift it easier, right? With a little bit less effort. Now, it might not be the following day, especially depending on how heavy of weights you were lifting and how hard you were going at the gym. Um, it might take a few days for you to fully recover, but that is basically what muscle, uh, sorry, what protein is doing for the body in terms of your muscles is it's going to help them repair. It's going to help meet the demand of what physical labor you're going to have to be doing. Um, so protein is absolutely, absolutely essential for our muscle development and growth and repair, but it is also very important for other things such as forming antibodies to fight off infections. So this is actually something that I didn't know. Um, I mean, uh, I probably didn't know this a few years ago. Uh, I learned about this pretty recently, but protein does a lot of things in the body. And one of those is forming antibodies to fight off infections, which I never personally would have correlated. I really honestly thought protein only did a few things. And one of the main ones and kind of like almost the only one was actually building muscle in the body, right? That's the main thing we associate protein with, but that's not the only thing it does. It does very very essential functions in the body, like creating antibodies to fight off infections. It also makes hemoglobin to carry oxygen around the body in the blood. It creates hormones and makes enzymes, just to name a few things. Now, these are things that are very, very important. And I personally, like I said, had never paired protein with these functions. So I just thought it was really interesting to mention that while we might think of protein as just a muscle building uh, macronutrient, it does a lot of other things in the body and is very important for us to consume it daily. So I also wanted to mention that for people who maybe have uh, like hunger swings or, uh, you know, like big old cravings, protein can absolutely help with your satiety. So when you consume protein, especially in amp not ample amounts, although in some cases it might be ample, but just in proper amounts, when you're eating enough protein, for one thing, it's going to take up a larger portion of your plate. Uh, so if you are used to eating, uh, let's just say cereal for breakfast, right? Um, sure, there is some protein in there. It's pretty minimal, but you know, mainly it's going to be carbohydrates and sugar. And uh, yeah, that's basically going to be it. So if you switched over to a protein-rich breakfast, you know, that might look like uh, a small bowl of cottage cheese or a small bowl of 
uh, yogurt, right? Ideally, maybe using A2 yogurt that is raw and still has all the beautiful enzymes in it that will help you to digest that milk. Um, that's a whole other topic, but anyways, having that on the side, maybe having a few eggs as well, scrambled, over easy, whatever it may be, um, a few eggs uh, along with the yogurt or the cottage cheese and maybe a fruit in the morning, right? Like an apple or an orange or a banana, something along those lines, right? Now you've totally shifted your breakfast over to really being focused on protein while also getting uh, some fiber in there and some micronutrients, which are gonna be very beneficial and help last you throughout the day. Now, the reason, okay, so there's a few reasons, but uh, the first reason being why this will make you feel full for longer is simply because you now have a plate that is much more nutrient dense, right? And it's, you know, you have protein taking up a larger portion of your meal. So even whatever sugars you might be getting into your meal, like let's say you did still have a bowl of cereal, but you threw in uh, three scrambled eggs on the side. You're probably gonna eat less cereal because you're just gonna get full faster from the eggs. So right there, you're eating less of the things that are going to help you gain weight, right? But also protein will help you feel full faster because it reduces your hunger hormone called ghrelin. So when you eat protein, when you consume protein, the reason it's gonna help you feel full faster is because it is going to reduce that hormone ghrelin. And on top of that, you will also release leptin which tells the brain that you're full. So essentially you're getting like a double whammy of really just feeling fully satiated, right? You're no longer having these higher high levels of ghrelin, so you're lowering uh, that hunger hormone as well as releasing leptin, which is telling your brain that you're full. So protein, aside from just taking up space on your plate, which is gonna make you eat less of the bad stuff, it's also going to actually literally help tell your body that you are full. Now, I know I'm talking about protein mainly with breakfast, and I'm gonna continue on kind of this, uh, this path, but I did wanna mention that protein is important to have, not just with your breakfast, but with pretty much every meal that you eat. Now, we'll get into the specifics of how much protein you should be eating with each meal, but realistically, we do need to focus on protein, especially from just the point of view of it really helping you to feel full faster and also feel full for a longer period of time. Those things are going to help with you know really allowing us to maintain our weight better, and it's also going to help us to get rid of some of those bad foods that we would typically be eating. And on top of that, when we look at the recommended daily amounts of protein and how much we should be eating in a day, it can actually be a little bit difficult to pack in all the necessary amounts of protein into our day. Uh, for those of you who ever tried to actually track the amount of protein that you eat, you're probably very familiar with the fact that it can actually be hard to eat enough protein in a day. Um, especially if you're doing fasting, that can really make it difficult. But let's just say for someone who eats three meals a day, uh, if you're not prioritizing protein, it can be very difficult to actually hit your goals. So that's why I think starting your day with protein is just so beneficial, right? It does so many different things for you. And one of those big things is it really helps to curb uh, your hunger swings throughout the day and also allows you to get a good jump on your protein goals for the day, right? So if you start your first meal off with you know a solid amount of protein, like maybe 30 grams or more, well, 
heck, you're already a good solid amount into your daily goal of protein intake for the day. And therefore you can kind of balance out your meals and not have these meals that are just basically pure protein, right? Now, for those of you who are unsure of how much protein you should be consuming in a day, that's okay. I was very unsure of how much I should be eating as well, and it is a little tricky, it's a little murky, um, but we're gonna kind of tread these waters and, and uh, I'll give you my personal recommendation here in a little bit. But the generally accepted amount of at least the RDA, the recommended daily amount of protein is somewhere around 0.75 grams per kilo of body weight, which I know can be a bit confusing, especially for people here in the US. Uh, we go by pounds, so uh, kilos that can be a little bit difficult here, but for the general um, population, that's gonna fall somewhere between 45 and 75 grams of protein in a day. Now, that's the recommended daily amount, right? Uh, I think what we need to really understand here is that's just the recommended amount, right? That's not taking into consideration your personal goals and you know what you're trying to achieve in terms of your body figure and and muscle mass and and all these other factors that might play a role. Um, you know, you can absolutely eat more than that recommended amount of protein, uh, but really that level of protein has been put in place because when you undereat on protein, you can actually have some very serious um, health issues arise. So that's kind of like the baseline. Now there's a new wave of kind of like health and wellness that's been going around. And in this new kind of health and wellness wave, uh, the recommendations for protein are much higher than the kind of RDA, right? So there's many people out there. Um, one person in particular, her name is Dr. Gabrielle Lyon uh, or Lyon. Uh, and she says that we should be consuming anywhere from about 1.2 grams per kilo to 1.6 grams per kilo. And then there's even people who go above that and state that you could eat up to a gram of protein per pound of your ideal or goal body weight. So you know, to really just make that simple, I mean, that could be someone weighing 150 pounds eating 150 grams of protein a day, which if you have ever tried to eat 150, or sorry, 100 or more grams of protein in a day, you understand that that takes some effort. You actually have to think about what your meals are containing and how much protein is in there. Now, should you be eating a gram of protein per pound of body weight? That is a great question. Um, I'm gonna give you my personal recommendation, which is, once again, not, you know, I'm not a medical professional, so of course consult with doctors and all of that good stuff, but my personal recommendation is that it's gonna depend on your goals, right? Every single person is different. We all have different body types, um, you know, we have different things that work better with our body. Uh, maybe we are trying to lose weight. Maybe we're trying to gain weight. There's so many different factors that can play a role here. So it's really going to come down to that. So I personally believe that you absolutely should be eating over the RDA, the recommended daily amount of protein. Um, I think that's the baseline. And if you are only eating 45 to you know, 60 grams of protein in a day, that's probably the minimum. Uh, you really shouldn't be going below that. I actually think you should probably eat somewhere around like 0.6 to 0.7 grams of protein per body weight or your 
ideal body weight. Um, if you're trying to put on muscle, you know, and really actually try to gain weight, then yeah, you, you probably should eat about a gram of protein per pound of ideal body weight. So a person trying to be, um, let's say 180 pounds, right? But maybe they're only 160. You kind of have to eat for that body that you want. So you would have to eat 180 grams of protein to put on that muscle. If you're just trying to maintain, uh, your body weight and your figure, that's kind of where I think you would fall around the 0.6 to 0.7 grams of protein per uh, pound of body weight. And yeah, once again, these are just kind of recommendations, right? Like I don't, uh, I don't think there's really a wrong answer aside from, you know, going below that RDA and probably really shouldn't be going too high over the gram of protein per uh, pound of body weight, which to be honest, I'm not really worried about because if you're trying to eat like over 200 grams of protein, that is absolutely difficult. Like you'd have to put in a ton of work and it would probably be a little bit costly as well. But really the main point that I'm trying to drive home here is just the importance of protein, right? Like I really wanna break this stigma, if you even have this in your head, about protein being just for um, growing and repairing uh, your muscles, which, really is a very important factor. It's something we really should pay attention to. And, uh, you know, skeletal muscle is a very important uh, thing to have and to maintain. And, you know, there's many people who say that it is actually uh, something that is directly linked to our longevity and our ability to live a long and healthy life. Uh, because if you do not have muscle to, you know, balance yourself and catch yourself if you're falling, which we know that, you know, people who are 65 years and older, um, falling is a very, very serious issue and literally leads to death in many, many cases. So, um, it's absolutely true that we do need to maintain our muscles and really pay attention to it. So keeping an eye on our protein and making sure that we are definitely not under consuming protein is going to be very important. I think starting our day off with, you know, a solid amount of protein, if you eat breakfast, um, or when you eat breakfast is a really great idea. It can help to satiate you and also, yeah, help you to look better and feel better, right? It'll help with your hunger swings, especially if you're used to having like literally pop tarts or cereal for breakfast, which hopefully you're not eating that. And if you are, like I said, no shame at all. It's just trying to provide you with information here. Uh, but realistically, if you are eating, you know, proper amounts of protein, it's going to be much more likely that you're going to have less of these cravings and excessive, um, uh, hunger swings where you're, you know, just going crazy on uh, products that are, you know, overly processed, high in sugar, high in carbs, um, and high in unhealthy fats, right? Like those are the things that we really want to try to avoid. And uh, I think one of the best and easy ways to do that is to just focus on the protein, you know, uh, focus on protein, make sure you're adding in some vegetables and fruits in there as well. Uh, allow yourself to get some sugar through the fruit. And that's really, um, I mean, also just a generally healthy uh, diet right there. So if there's anything you can really take away from this, uh, if it is simply just adding a little more protein to your breakfast, like maybe you're still eating the cereal, but maybe you add in like a couple eggs or a bowl of unsweetened yogurt, right? Or maybe even cottage cheese. Uh, that way, maybe you're eating a little bit less of the cereal and having a little bit more protein in the morning. Um, even that can make a difference. Uh, ideally, obviously, we're trying to move away from those highly processed, highly sugary foods in the uh, in the morning, especially for breakfast, right? Um, that's really not the best way to kick off the day. Uh, but yeah, that is really 
if there's one thing you could take away from here, it would definitely be that. Um, I would be super happy to just even hear if someone uh, was able to make that switch. And on top of all of that, I wanted to talk a little bit about one of my favorite foods that has a ton of protein in it, although typically you wouldn't eat this for the protein content because you don't eat a massive quantity of them, but that's spirulina. Um, many of you have heard me talk about spirulina before. It is literally my go-to favorite, and I say air quotes, supplement because it's not a supplement. It is a food. It's a microalgae. Uh, spirulina is anywhere between 60 and 70% protein by body weight. <laughs> I keep saying body weight. It's just weight. <laughs> there's no there's no body to spirulina. It's just the weight. But anyways, it is literally 60 to 70% uh, protein by weight, which is insane. Now, like I said, you, you aren't going to be eating a pound of, uh, you know, spirulina in a day. Um, if you do, that would be insane. I would be very curious to hear how that went for you. But uh, nonetheless, spirulina is really, really high in protein. It is an essential amino acid, which is awesome because uh, it is a you know plant-based protein, which can be sometimes difficult to find an essential amino acid, uh, or sorry, a complete protein. Um, not all plant proteins are incomplete. There's many out there that are complete proteins, uh, but nonetheless, spirulina is one of those, and it's super high in its content of protein, along with so many other benefits. We have 40-plus vitamins and minerals, right? So that's speaking to the micronutrients of spirulina, as well as having things like melatonin, uh, superoxide dismutase, and phycocyanin, which are things that are going to help promote the health of your mitochondria, which basically help your body run better and make you feel better, have better energy levels, and also possibly can show some benefits in terms of fighting cancer. If you want to hear more about that, go listen to the most recent episode that I recorded with Katherine Arnston. She is the founder of Energy Bits. They make the highest quality spirulina and chlorella that I have ever personally found myself. And that is coming from someone who has tried literally like 15 different brands of spirulina uh, and chlorella. So that really says something. They take a lot of care in how they process and grow their uh, spirulina and chlorella. And they're using triple filtered spring water. Um, it's you know grown in a controlled environment. And honestly, just top of the line spirulina. It's it's my favorite. I take it every single day. And if you want to get your hands on some of it as well, uh, go ahead and check out the show notes. I have a link there posted where you can click on there and it'll take you straight to the Energy Bits website. And just for being a listener to the show, you already know you guys are going to get 20% off of your entire order. Uh, that is my thank you to all of you for being listeners. It's, um you know, my way of kind of giving back in whatever way that I can. Uh, you know, I try to get you guys discount codes whenever possible. And realistically, this is one of my favorite uh, companies as well as uh, products to take every single day. Incredible, incredible stuff. Highly recommend it. So go ahead and check them out. Go ahead and click on the link in the show notes and the discount code will be there as well. Just apply that at checkout and you'll get 20% off your entire order. I hope you guys enjoy. I know you're going to enjoy it. I love it so much. And go listen to that episode. Catherine Arnston is a wealth of knowledge. You're going to absolutely love that episode. I Every time I'm with her, I literally have a piece of, uh, piece of paper and a pen ready to write because I know she's going to have something new to bring. Uh, anyways, guys, go ahead and check that out. And thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. 
please go ahead and add some protein to your breakfast. Get that protein in. Try to add it into you know every meal that you're eating. Try to have some protein in there. Um, getting it in early is a great way to you know kind of get your protein in for the day, or you know start your start on your path to protein intake, and uh, also to kind of curb your hunger levels uh, midday, which I think is super beneficial. Uh, alrighty, guys, go ahead and give that a try. Reach out to me if you guys do try it, and um, let me know how it goes for you. I'm really uh, curious to see, you know, if, if any of you are receiving some benefit from these practices. As I said, I like to give you guys just practical knowledge here that you can apply to your life today. And uh, yeah, that's the goal with this podcast. So, anyways, y'all, go ahead and leave a review and rating on whatever uh, podcast platform you're listening to this on, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Google. And uh, if you can leave a written review, go ahead and do that as well. It makes a big difference and helps people to find the show, which is a great way of sharing this. And also, if you know someone who needs to hear this episode, a family, a friend, a loved one, please go ahead and share it. You can share it right within the uh, podcast app. Uh, Just go ahead and share it with whoever needs to hear this. And honestly, just know that I'm super thankful for all of you for tuning in. Um, Yeah, you guys... Honestly, you're awesome and I just appreciate it. I love being able to share my health and wellness knowledge with all of you. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you all very much and uh, have a beautiful rest of your day. Go ahead and eat some protein and uh, yeah, go ahead and kick some butt for the rest of the week. Uh, You already know the motto of the show. It's do everything with good intentions and uh, connect to your elements. Much love, everybody. Have a beautiful one. Peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. 